Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. You need to find a seat and you need to buckle up. You need to make sure that buckle is tight. You need to pull it way tight. You need to strap in. You need to be ready to hold on. You probably want to take some medication for blood pressure. You def- you cannot, please do not stand turbulence. You're going to get thrown all over the plane. Okay. All right. We're not on an actual airplane, but you definitely need to be prepared and strap yourself in because this is going to be a pretty crazy episode. And to be honest with you, I'm a little scared and I'm a little worried. I will explain everything, but good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, August the 15th, 2023. It is currently 1045 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Wow, it did not take long for comments to come in today on on, on the speaker. Right, someone says, well grounded here. I'm about ready to drive. Is it not safe? It is definitely not safe. You cannot operate any, any heavy equipment. You cannot drive while listening to this episode. You need to pull over. You may need to get out of the car, find a low place to lay down because you get, could be struck by lightning. Like I, I honestly, I don't know what is about to happen, but before I can say anything before, well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll offer the warning in just a minute. Let's do this. Let's, let's set a, a very serious foundation to this. It's 2023. Some of you may realize this. I feel some churches don't get this. I feel like a lot of people within the church don't get it. I think many people listening to me, they're very aware of this because they're listening to a podcast. But this is very important. When people have questions about doctrine or theology, or they start exploring religion or spirituality, do not think for a second that they're going to come visit your church or call your church phone number or even want to talk to a pastor. They are going to explore. They're going to search for information. I I, I know some of you, some of the older people may not be ready to, to deal with this. They're going to search for it maybe on TikTok. They may search for it on YouTube. They may search for it on their favorite podcasting app. They're not necessarily going to look up a church. They're not going to necessarily look up a ministry. They're going to find information about things related to theology, the Bible, scripture, in some cases in some dark corners of the internet finding some really bizarre information and you'll start talking to them like, what are you talking about? And a lot of times if you try to say, no, 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 this is the way they'll be like, well, I don't trust that. I don't trust the institution. I don't trust that information. It's corrupted. It's a part of some grand conspiracy. I only trust what I can find on TikTok. I can only trust what I find. And they'll name, you know, on 4chan or 8chan or, or some dark corner of the internet. Um, uh, now someone says, now that is true. That's, that's what they will do. Uh, TikTok theology is so bad. It may be so bad, but they, that they, in many cases, they don't know any, anything different. Uh, I mean, you get these people with these crazy ideas and you, uh, and you try to talk to them and it's crazy. We saw a little bit of this when we had our disc, discord channel. 
I mean, there was somebody who came in there. What in the world? The earth is flat. It was craziness, right? And it was like, they, I, and they were like, they're doing research. They're doing research. They're doing research. And you're like, where are you doing your research? Like, where, <laughs> where, where, where are you finding your information? Cause it's, cuckoo for cocoa puffs right and probably that probably wasn't all good for for the the things that happened because well then someone with QAnon, you know took down our entire discord server okay so but that's a whole whole different story the whole different story the point is the reality is as much as a church wants to think hey as long as we have a church website as long as we put our sermons on one place, people will come looking to us to find theology and the Bible. No, they don't see you as authoritative. They don't think that you have any more insight than anybody else. Just because you have the name First Baptist Church on your door, just because you have three degrees in theology, they don't care anymore. They don't see you as authoritative. They don't trust the institution. They're going to go look somewhere else to find that information. And that information may be crazy. You may think it's ridiculous. You may go, I'm not even going to waste my time on that. Well, you better waste your time on it because that's where they're going. That's where they're getting their information. So we have to always be trying to get, we can't wait for the people to come to us. We got to get our information anywhere and everywhere. And that's what I try to do, putting the podcast on every known platform. I can possibly find a way to get it. If I can get it there, I'm going to get it there. Whether people agree or disagree, well, why are you putting it there? Why not? Are there not people there? I'm putting it there. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a it's the Satan, the the you know, first church of Satan discussion board. If they'll let me put my stuff there, I will. If it's a podcast put together by the Illuminati, okay, if they'll let me air my programs there, I will. Wherever I can get my content, because you got to be where the people are. You can't f- expect them to find you. But so many churches have this very antiquated, like, we're the church and we'll have a church website and we'll put a couple of, we'll put our sermons on this one platform and, and then maybe people will find it. It's like, what are you doing? Okay. What are you doing? You think people, because you're a church that they, they think that matters. Do you think the younger generation cares that you're a pastor? Do you think the younger generation cares that you went to seminary? They don't care. (laughs) They literally don't care. So um, the reason I lay that as the foundation is because, well, I thought it was a night terror. I thought I was having some kind of hallucination. I thought something had happened to me. I thought I'd been kidnapped and drugged. But all of a sudden, I don't even know what time it was, three in the morning, four in the morning. I'm listening to podcasts. And next thing I know, I'm hearing Alex Jones with his voice talking about eschatology (laughs) talking about the theology of the end times and i'm like okay what is this and then at the end of the program the guy he's talking with says if you would like more programs on apologetics please let us know and i'm like you're talking to alex jones about the end times and now you're promoting if you would like to hear us do more programs on apologetics alex jones Talking about anything related to theology should not be classified as apologetics. You would think anything, Alex Jones talking about theology should be classified as parody, 
as a SNL skit, as like a, a night terror. Like I like what what is happening to me? So I had you know I, I had to wake up and slap myself about fifteen times and go. Am I, am I, am I, have I died and have entered into a really, really bad place? What is going on? I'm like, no, this is real. That, that was really Alex Jones and some guy talking like they're acting like they're doing an apologetics pro. I'm like, when did apologetics <laughs> become Alex Jones talking about this? Well, I think the whole program is designed. If you did not know, it was a big announcement. Steven Crowder, remember he used to be the, you know, the flavor of the month for conservative, you know, uh, conservatives and Christian or Christians, conservative talk radio. And, you know, he had all those YouTube videos with change my mind. And Steven Crowder was the, the rising star. And then things kind of got ugly, he had a divorce. There were some videos and everything. And then he had the big uh, issue with, uh, what was it? The da- Daily Wire, some big contractual issue. They offered him a contract and then he was mad because he felt like they weren't going to pay him enough and all, just all, it was just all. And he kind of, kind of fell out of favor. He wasn't the big rising star anymore, right? Well, we know Alex Jones has had nothing but problem after problem after problem. He's been sued, uh, because of the whole Sandy Hook issue. He owes, I don't even know. So like a billion dollars, he's in bankruptcy. He's having all kinds of issues. So they announced Steven Crowder has something called the mug club. So now for, I think it's like $89 a year, a hundred dollars a year, whatever it is on rumble. You can Alex Jones, uh, Steven Crowder and a number of other people I've never heard of are all coming together to do this thing called the Mug Club, where you pay like a hundred dollars a year and you get all of these programs. You get Steven Crowder, you get Alex Jones, you get all of these special programs they're going to make. It's almost like their own network. All right. Uh, but you got to pay obviously for access to it. So I think this whole Alex Jones talking about eschatology, apologetics is to promote the whole mug club thing and to try to get people to sign up because they're going to do all these special programs. I mean, wouldn't you want to pay $100 a year or $89 a year, whatever it is, wouldn't you want to pay that money so that you could get some sound apologetics <laughs> and you could you could get some great teaching on eschatology because nothing screams theology and apologetics and eschatology like someone who's yelling and screaming that children killed in a mass shooting they were not real. It was crisis actors and all of the other conspiracy uh, theories that Alex Jones has promoted. Now, the minute I say that, the Alex Jones supporters are going to start emailing me like, no, he's right. How dare you criticize him? He's on to something. I really believe what he says. And I, when those people email me, I don't even argue with them. I think they get disappointed. I'm like, well, you know, you're like, you're, you're so far gone. There's no, There's not much I can do for you. All right. Because I mean, man, I mean, like, and if you, when Alex Jones was taken to court, if you listen to those depositions, all the, those audio are online, you'll find out Alex Jones talks a big game behind the microphone. But when he's there giving a sworn deposition in court with the lawyers, he doesn't say, I've got proof. I've got proof. No, 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 no. He doesn't have any proof of all of the garbage that he has sold you and the people you're listening and believing it. All the, the, it's the whole thing is, is, is a disaster. Now, again, let me make it very clear, though. I do not support Alex Jones being censored. I do not support 
Alex Jones being deplatformed from every platform on earth. I do not agree with that. As much as I may despise his message, as much as I may disagree with it, I want him to have freedom of speech as much as possible, right? As much as possible. Because if you start taking away someone else's freedom and you start deplatforming people you disagree with, it won't be long before you lose your freedom and your deplatform. So I'm very much about freedom of speech, whether I agree or disagree with it. It's one of the beautiful things about the freedom of speech is that you, you, you have the freedom to speak, but you also have to give that freedom to others who you may not want to hear. You may not, but you don't have to listen, right? No one forces you. So, but I, I do keep up with Alex Jones just to see what's going on in this world. But the fact that they were talking about eschatology, the fact that they were re- referencing it like it was an apologetics program was bizarre to me. Now, I, I slept through most of it. I just woke up enough to, you know, to start having a panic attack, thinking I needed to go to the hospital because I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? This is a nightmare. Okay. But it was very, very real. Now, it appears that the, this discussion happened on the Sunday program of Alex Jones, the Sunday program. Now, there is an entire uh, podcast dedicated to reviewing everything Alex Jones does. It's called Knowledge Fight. The two guys review, all they do is listen to Alex Jones and they create, their entire podcast is just reviewing and critiquing episodes of Alex Jones. It's it's crazy that, that I don't know how that's all you can do. Now, I I can't, Fully recommend Knowledge Fight because, well, they, they do. How can I say this? They have some very, uh, they use some very explicit language. They, they do not hold back. They definitely are not fans of Christianity. Um, they're very, 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 very antagonistic to it because they see in many cases Alex Jones promoting some form of Christianity. So I think sometimes maybe they have a skewed idea of what Christianity is or isn't because Alex Jones, if you've ever listened to Alex Jones, sometimes it's so bizarre. Look, one minute he's talking about Jesus and, 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 and salvation and Jesus dying on the cross and Satan and, and the blood of Jesus. And then next minute he's like, beep, 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 beep. He just starts throwing, he's cussing, yelling, going on a full blown rant, calling people names. I mean, it's like, whoa, how do you get these weird, like total opposites? But you know, maybe there's a little bit of all, a little bit of Alex Jones and all of us, right? There's a little bit of that and all of us to some level, but Alex is just so over the top with it that sometimes it's somewhat shocking. So here's what we're going to do. I have fast forwarded because the Sunday show was, he was, I think is it Thursday? He came in and he was furious. He was mad. He said he couldn't do the program. He was ticked off. He was going to lose it. He was going to start screaming. So he just started airing like, he's been airing just like all these little like specials. It's about COVID conspiracies and all, just the typical Alex Jones kind of stuff. So he's really not been doing a lot of actual talking himself. I think he's really under a lot of stress with the bankruptcy and, you know, they're coming for all of his assets and, you know, he's having, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. The one good thing about Alex Jones is typically when there's something going on behind the scenes, it, it, it there's no pretense when he sits in front of the microphone. It's coming out. He wears his emotions on the sleeve. So that sometimes that makes it interesting to listen to because it's very raw and very real. But on Sunday, the first, like, 
I don't even know, half hour of the program. It's just all of these little segments that were pre-recorded because Alex, again, is, I guess, not quite ready to, <laughs> to be doing broadcast. And then all of a sudden, I guess, in about the middle of it, they come in going, hey, they mentioned the mug, sh- mug, the mug club, which is a part of Steven Crowder and Rumble. And you can you can look it all up. It's a big announcement. And then they come in and are like, we're going to talk Alex Jones in the end times. Now, here's what I've done. I don't remember 90% of what was played because I just woke up, you know, in a night terror of trying to figure out what was going on. A little bit of hyperbole there. Everyone understands. But I, so I backed it up and I have not listened to it. Now, here's the day. Here's where I'm, I'm a fool. Here's where I'm a fool. It's Alex Jones, right? So I have no idea what's going to be said. So part of me says I should probably listen to it first because Alex Jones at any time can say something inappropriate. Here's all I can do because I don't like to listen to it first because then all of my reaction and critiques are very rehearsed and I hate that. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Remember how I always like to describe this. You're driving by. You see that I'm up in the studio. You're like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. You come through the front door. You knock on the studio door. I'm like, okay, come in. You walk up. You're like, hey, what's going on? I'm going to listen to Alex Jones on eschatology. Wow, that sounds crazy. Good thing I brought alcohol. Okay, I'm joking. Okay, all right. I'm going to, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to listen. Now, I can't tell you what's getting ready to happen. So if you are possibly offended with maybe any type of explicit language, this would be a time to tune out. I would hope since they're talking about eschatology. They're doing what they believe is an apologetics program that Alex keeps all of that under control. You would think so, because I think it, I think this comes from him on someone else's program. So I'm hoping that, hey, they he tries to keep it under control. That's my hope. If it doesn't, then I apologize in advance. And But I'm giving you fair warning. I'm giving you fair warning. If that could offend you in any way, shape, or form, please tune out now. I mean, it is Alex Jones. Who knows what's getting ready to happen? But the only reason I'm playing this is because, look, there's people who are going to pay $89 a year to get access to this stuff. And if they're going to be doing apologetic shows <laughs> and their first one is with Alex Jones on eschatology... Well, there's going to be, and guess what? People who tend to go to these, quote unquote, right wing conservative platforms, many of them claim to be Christians. Look how many Christians, you know, will support Trump. He could be indicted 975 times for some of the most heinous crimes. And you're still told you're supposed to vote for Trump. I mean, it's just, this is where many Christians traffic. They traffic in these in this world of QAnon and right wing media and, and and Fox News and all and all of this kind of just world. And so we got to kind of know what's going on there because whether you like it or not, whether you think it's ridiculous, these are the things that gets into the minds of people who could be sitting next to you at church. Could be in your own family. Could be friends you have on on social media. So we got to know where they're getting their theology and doctrine from. And again, many times it's not from sound biblical preaching. It's from craziness on the internet, like a program claiming to be an apologetics program where you feature Alex Jones. Like, I cannot get over that. But are you ready to dive into this? All right. Now, this goes from hour one into hour two. 
Now, remember, Alex Jones, even though he's you know, in, in bankruptcy and he owes a billion dollars, he his program still airs on, I don't know, a couple of hundred radio stations around the country. He still has a radio pro. He may have been removed from every, you know, he's not, his podcast has been removed from almost every podcasting app under the sun. It's on, it's on some, you got to look for it. I can't, you can't find it on Apple Podcasts. I don't think you can find it on Google. There's some platforms it's gone. Others, you can find it. Um, if you can get to RSS feed, some of them will allow you to do it that way. But you, you got to do a workaround. It's been removed from Spotify. It's just crazy. But um, he's still on radio. Now, because it's on radio, you know what that means. They have their breaks, their commercials. So we're going to break this down into parts, depending on, on the reaction and what people think the value of this is. We'll, we'll try to – I'm hoping we can get all the way through – hour one of his program. And then in part two, we can start working on uh, hour two and then we'll just break it down. If he goes to a commercial, that's where we'll end our segment. So if it only happens to be a little bit, I don't, I don't look, I have no idea what to expect. I just, I literally don't know what to expect. I'm as in the dark as you are, which in some ways is fun. We know sometimes it can be a train wreck, right? Did you listen to what, you know, about some recent programs from our long gospel where we're reviewing audio from issues ETC. What in the world was that? I don't even know what some of that was. It was crazy. Right. So here we go. When we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. That's the fun part. So are are you sitting down? Have you pulled over to the side of the road? Okay. Taking blood pressure medication. Ladies and gentlemen, let's explore the world of eschatology and so-called biblical Herman, biblical apologetics. I can't even say it with a straight face. Ladies and gentlemen, let's explore the world of eschatology and biblical apologetics with that biblical scholar, Alex Jones. Leading a frontal assault on the lies of the New World Order, it's Alex Jones. Hello, Mug Club and all you strange animals. I had the privilege of sitting down with Alex Jones to discuss the end times. Are we living in the end times that are spoken about in the Bible? What pieces are in place that make the end times even possible, whether it be Israel being in the land in 1948, the invention of satellite television for the whole world to watch the two witnesses being murdered, or maybe the precursor to the mark of the beast with chips being implanted right now into people's bodies? You have got to hear what Alex Jones has to say about this topic. It is absolutely fascinating. And look, all of this is only possible because of you, Mug Club. Remember, your support provides all of the opportunity for us to do this. And in fact, our show in general, which comes back August 14th. Remember, bookmark it next Monday, August 14th. We are back Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you are there. Listen, without your support, none of this is possible, but hold on to your butts. Alex Jones, End Times Prophecy, it is going to be interesting. Okay, hold on to your backsides, okay? Because we're gonna because whatever Alex Jones has to say about this is absolutely fascinating. And thank you for your support. Now again, these programs don't exist unless people give money. People give money to these programs. That's how they exist. 
So, I mean, that mean, why, why do I say that? Because I'm telling you that because that means there's people who not only listen, they support it with their money. And to be a part of the Mug Club is $89 a year. Or is it is it eighty nine dollars a year? I maybe I don't I have to I think it, I don't think it's not eighty nine dollars a month. I think it's eighty nine dollars a year. Yeah, I think it's eighty nine dollars a year. But the, whatever the case is, it's money. People are giving their money, so they so this is the kind of stuff that's out there that's being supported. So you can dismiss it and say, well, who cares? You may want to care if people support it so much that they're giving their hard earned money for it. Then there's an audience out there. All right, let, let's see what happens. Gerald apologizes apologetics. It doesn't mean that. All right, Mug Club. Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us for Gerald apologizes apologetics. It doesn't quite mean what they say that it means. I understand that. They just do that to kind of, uh, I don't know, punk me because we spend all this money on the intros for everybody else, but not for me. That's fine. That's fine. I'll get over it. I'll be okay. Don't worry about me. I, uh, I had an interesting conversation back in June with uh, our guest today, and it, it was very quick on the show. And we started talking about demons and the mark of the beast. And I was like, huh, that, that's that's eschatology. I'm very interested in that. And so, Alex Jones, I, I thought I'd come down here and hang out in your world, and we could continue our conversation. I think it literally lasted maybe 60 seconds on air, and we didn't. Just remember, this is this, this is a program literally supposedly dedicated to apologetics. This is crazy. Like, I'm trying to wrap my mind around if I had a program, I had a podcast about apologetics, would I would I bring on Alex Jones? I'm telling you, you're, you're like, but no, 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 that's just ridiculous. We don't need to worry about that because we have our, our we have a church website. We're a church. And I'm telling you, the people in 2023 could care less that you're a church. They're searching out these weird, dark corners of the internet. And well, we're getting ready to find out what they're going to hear. Here we go. Really get into it a whole lot. Captain Morgan, you are now promoted to Admiral Morgan. Admiral Morgan. Sitting in this chair is a little weird. I mean, it's just like, huh, this is this is kind of a nice place. I like it. No, I've I, seen this on, on, on the air. I, I love you in Steven's studio. And you got to get Steven back down here sometime. I know. One of these days we're going to get him in the car or maybe a little bit. And we've done time. shows out on the street together, but never in the studio. I remember that. You said something about bump hiss, I believe, being. Yes. <laughs> So I actually did throw up. It was so gross. <laughs> so is it just the smell of that? Yeah, just the smell of it. Or the thought. And, and I was extremely hungover that day, too. So <laughs> let's not lie. No, no. I, I mean, I'm a lay person when it comes yeah. to end of the world type stuff. But I did go to a lot of church, a lot of Sunday school. I have read the Bible quite a bit. I know there's massive yeah. amounts of study. I mean, you could have five degrees and never know half of it. But my grandfather... My mother's father was really heavily into it, studied the Bible, Daniel and Ezekiel and, yeah. and, and uh, Revelation pretty much like five hours a day. He was really smart and, and, and a, quite the historian. He'd been a successful inventor. Right. A lot of other things. But the uh, last 20 years of his life, he was dedicated to studying the Bible. I remember him like breaking down the New World Order and global government. They'd have a computer and they would control everybody and you'd have to do what they said or you wouldn't get the mark. He would always explain, you don't just take it and then... It's because you've taken it that you're going to go to hell. It's that taking it, you have to submit and worship right. and follow the whole system. So he would basically rant, kind of like Alex Jones, almost like he was my grandfather. <laughs> he would look like me, uh, just about this all the time. And I would, 
uh, you know, come and visit him in the summers. And then, and then I'm, I, I moved down here when I was a senior in high school, sort of hanging out with him and my grandmother almost every week. What, what years, roughly, what decade was this? Uh, I was uh, graduated out of high school in 92. Okay. Uh, and so I moved here like in 1991. And so my grandparents lived here. Yeah. And he was just really big into eschatology. And so that, that I mean, I heard a lot from him. Well, the church used to be really big into it. And that's why I was really asking that. Because back in the 1980s, I mean, there was a lot of fire and brimstone preaching. And a part of that was telling the end of the story. So let me just tell the, the, the guys listening and, and gals right now. We're, we're talking about the end times. So eschatology is kind of the study of the end times. And just so you understand what that is, if Genesis is kind of telling the beginning of the story, which it obviously is, uh, Revelation and some of the prophetic literature leading up to that is really telling you how things come to an end. And some of the things that Alex just said would have just been in the 1960s, 1950s, 40s, 1800s, you're crazy. There's no way any of that stuff could happen. But obviously we see a lot of it happening today, and so people are very interested. It's apocalyptic. Anytime you see a History Channel show that talks about the apocalypse or something like that, people tune in because they're like, oh, there's something that draws us in to want to know a little bit more. And this subject is debated quite a bit, right? We were talking just a second ago about mid-trib, pre-trib, post-trib, no-trib, whatever. There are a lot of different reasons for you to care about this, right? We'll dive into just a very basic framework of what we're talking about. And then we're going to talk about specific segments, specifically 666, the mark of the beast, how that's being potentially implemented today and how uh, how you can make sure that you don't accidentally do that. You can't. That's the whole the, the kind of the trick to it. You can't accidentally take the mark of the beast. But we're going to hit a few more points. Maybe something that most people don't know is that for every prophecy on the first coming of Christ, which that is the Messiah, that is for the Jews, that's it right? They were waiting for and looking for and desperately hoping for Messiah to come. For every prophecy in the Bible about Messiah's first coming, there are roughly eight concerning the second coming. There's Okay, now that, that's a big claim. For every, I guess, one prophecy for the first coming, there's eight for the second coming. Now, I would love to see how they came to that conclusion. I would love to see it because I bet you there's a lot of verses that they're saying that references the second coming. And ladies and gentlemen, I bet you some of those have nothing to do with the second coming and they have everything to do with 70 AD. I, I just, just throwing that out there, but that's okay. Now, they're using a lot of the, the kind. Now, this is obviously this is a program dealing with eschatology. So at least the gentleman is using a lot of the language. I mean, coming across like a normal kind of a Christian podcast. So I'm a little, I, I, I wasn't quite expecting that, right? I was expecting this just to be insane, but it sounds like this guy at least has some framework. Why he's talking to Alex Jones, I have no idea. I have no idea. But okay, but <laughs> that's bizarre to me. So this is really like, here's someone who obviously seems to maybe have some theological background, maybe some theological training, and then you have Alex Jones. I don't know. This is just like two weird worlds coming together. I told you, I woke up like it was some kind of a night terror because this is just, this is like, is this really happening? Okay, but let's let's see how this plays out. Let's see how this plays out. It could be interesting. I, I don't I don't even know how I'm gonna critique this or or review that review this. Just remember, I think they're coming at this from a very specific, a very specific 
system of eschatology. I don't know if they're going to identify it. I think we're going to hear a little bit of dispensationalism in this. I think so. I think obviously we're going to go with a much more literal interpretation, not so much a symbolic one. I think I think that's where they're going to go. Obviously holding to a very uh, more literal reading of Revelation. I think that's where it's going to come to. Maybe mixed in. I mean, if you got Alex Jones, isn't it going to be mixed in with a lot of his conspiratorial thinking? Maybe. I, I, I don't know exactly where we're headed, but I, I'm getting some sense. Let, let's, let's find out. Here we go. Eight more than the first coming, right? So it's multiple times more mentioned in the Bible. And a lot of people don't really take a lot of time to understand those prophecies or to really kind of think through it. They do take time to go, Revelation's tough to understand. Revelation's difficult because there's, there's all this imagery that's being used and there's all this flowery language that I don't really understand. And we'll get into why some Christians have a bit of a problem with that. But it's important for you to know because God spent about eight times the time speaking about the second coming than he did the first coming. And obviously the first one. I wonder where that number is coming from, that, that God spent eight times more talking about the second coming than he did the first coming. I wonder exactly how that number is arrived at. I, I wonder, I'm, I, I'm not going to do it right now, but if you're listening, feel free to Google that. And, you know, is, is the second coming mentioned eight times more than the first coming? Um, and, and there's probably, there's got to be a source for that. Because I doubt, maybe I, I, I'm, I'm just going to call into question that this person went through the entire Bible and mapped it out and said, oh, look, eight times more than, than the first coming. I, I doubt he did that. And even if he did that, I would want to see his list of scripture that he's attributing to the second coming, because I guarantee you many of those have nothing to do with the second coming. They have everything to do with 70 AD. We've got clear passages that everyone runs to about the second coming. It's clearly about 70 AD. It's about the destruction of, of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. All right. So, uh, okay, well, we'll see. But he's going to keep, obviously, that's that's the foundational point is, hey, you should care about the second coming because the Bible spends eight times more time on the second coming than it does the first coming. That's really his foundational premise here. He's not told me exactly how he arrived at this statistic, but, you know, I, I bet you there's, a, I bet you if we trace it back, there's an origin for who came up with that statistic. And then we would, I would want to see how they, what they based on. Uh, but let, but we'll, we'll just see where they're going to go here. Cause this is so crazy. This is so crazy. All right. So let's see what happens. It was a big deal because it kind of saved people. Without the first coming, the second coming doesn't really quite matter that much because we would all be under judgment and I wouldn't want to be around for that anyway. But I guess my, my big question, Alex, is why, what made you start? So you, you talked about it a little bit. Was it your grandfather, you said? Yes. Uh, so other than that, was there any influence or was it just your grandfather's influence talking about kind of eschatology that made you dive into it a little bit? Well, I want to be 100% clear. I mean, the, the New World Order has brought us the end times and has proven the Bible's right. So that's why I'm sure. way more interested. I mean, growing up, we went to church on Sunday. Are you curious? Oh, boy. Okay, we can't stop there. We can't stop there. We can't stop there. So I'm going to pull this way down. Man, you talk about short segments. Wow, that is a short that is a short segment. That is crazy. All right, we're going to play this in the background. Let it play out. I, 
Who knew it was going to be like a 30 second <laughs> segment? I mean, okay, maybe that's a little, maybe that's like a five minute segment. And then they ride off to a commercial. What is that? What is that? Okay. We'll let it play. I'm going to turn the volume down. We'll let it play out. About what might be missing from your diet. Okay, they're they're going to do their supplements. <clears throat> okay, yeah, there's no way there's no way we can cut that we can cut that out. Someone in the chat just said was about to say keep it rolling. We'll we'll keep it rolling. We're going to try as they sell their supplements. They they sell Alex Jones just selling supplements. Uh, I've seen some of the the uh, figures. I mean, like over a million dollars a year just selling supplements. See, he sells those products, man. He said even even more so now that he's in bankruptcy because of the Sandy Hook trial. They I mean, they sell those things like crazy. I apologize for this, but. I didn't realize they were going to go to a break, like literally five minutes in. Okay, yeah, he, I mean, he's go supplement after supplement after supplement, sell, 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 sell. They definitely need the money because, I mean, you know, he, he owes like a billion dollars. I apologize for this. Come on, come back. Okay, no, more, more, more supplements. Nat- natural silver solutions. Man, they sell, they sell a lot of that. Okay, we'll wait. And again, this is because Alex Jones' program is a radio program airing on uh, hundreds of radio stations. People don't realize that. People say, well, why do, would you even pay attention to what he's doing? Because there's people listening. Here we go. Are we good? Are we good? G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach. Oh, wow. More commercials. More commercials. More commercials. All right. Well, we'll, be, we'll be here. We'll be ready to go in just a second. <laughs> someone, someone in chat said, uh, oh, okay. Well, that's true. Hey, hey, because he's selling supplements, does that mean he doesn't believe the end is near? That's a good point. It's a good point. If you're selling supplements, obviously you want, you're trying to give people health because, well, you don't think the end is near. Someone just said, I'm distracted by this. I drove to nowhere accidentally. (laughs) Have to figure out how to get home. Hey, don't blame me. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. All right. All right. Come on, people. We're done with all of your commercials. I lost like, who told me I was crazy to worry about that? All right. Well, you're, we're waiting. Thanks for everyone for the comments. Adding something to say while we wait for this. You see, it'd be one thing if I had headphones on and I could just hear this, but you couldn't hear it. Then I could just be trying to talk while I hear it in my ear. But I don't. I don't do that. Okay, here we go. This is, has to be the end. This has to be the end of commercials. Okay, nope. Still another commercial for local radio. Hey, we got to keep local radio going. And hey, 
we got to keep radio going and we need you to advertise on it so that we can keep going because without your advertisement, local radio will not exist. Okay. I wonder how effective local radio is anymore in advertising. Here we go. Here we go. This has to be it. They got to come back in. Oh, here we go. This has to be it. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we're about to go back to Alex Jones and eschatology. I'm trying to keep the volume down because I don't want to play their copyrighted uh, and uh, their music. The Alex Jones program, he lets. Okay, here we go. I guess my, my big question, Alex, is why? What made you start? So you, you talked about it a little bit. Was it your grandfather? You said yes. Uh, so. Other than that, was there any influence or was it just your grandfather's influence talking about kind of eschatology that made you dive into it a little bit? Well, I want to be 100% clear. I mean, the, the New World Order has brought us the end times and has proven the Bible's right. So that's why I've For gotten sure. way more interested. I mean, growing up, we went to church on Sundays and then we would have Bible studies a lot of times at the house on Sunday night when my parents led. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I could watch if I wanted to and hang out there if I wanted to. There'd, be, not, there'd only be like 20 people there, but usually there'd be some other kids we run around outside. Uh, and we went to you know, uh, church on Wednesdays, uh, and we went to a evangelical style, you know, a, a pretty big church. And, and, and so I was just growing up with this as a background, and so it's kind of in the back of your head. Yeah. And then my grandfather, uh, once I moved to Austin when, when I was in college and, and then you know, having my job and, and already on air for a lot of years, he died about 12 years ago, my grandmother about five years ago. He was just constantly saying, watch, this is all going to be fulfilled. And he would get really upset when he'd see these preachers on TV setting a date. He would say, those people are deceived by setting a date. Then when it doesn't happen, that's going to make people fall away. That's a tool of the devil. Right. And he was just really, uh, he said, you know, comes like a thief in the night. No man knoweth you know, is Christ to the hour right. of the return. And, and so then I've seen the left use that when this, these preachers get a bunch of attention saying it's this date for like a year, then it doesn't happen. Then they say, oh, the Bible's disproven. No, the Bible says no one knows. And if they tell you they know, that person's bad. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's all there. And so the older you get, the more you know, you go, this is incredible. Like, yeah. I get chills right now. So I want to be clear. I'm not Mr. Preacher, and I'm not holier than thou. Uh, I mean, I don't tell lies on purpose, and I don't sell out to evil, but I mean, I'm, I made the point about being hung over. That's probably why I was throwing up. I mean, I, I've got my own issues. I'm not perfect. I'm not on we some, all do. I'm not on some high horse. So yeah. many people are turned off by the church because it's, 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 it's preaching a watered-down uh, Bible, and, it's, it, and it's, it's also just attacking people individually instead of showing them the big picture. The devil's real. God's real. You better pick a side. And so p- people right. ask why I'm so much in the end times is it's here. And it's all being fulfilled. And the globalists are. Okay, we have a lot going on here. First, someone in the chat uh, listening to us live via Spreaker said it's the David Jeremiah blog has the eight, you know, uh, the second coming is mentioned eight times more than the first coming uh, reference. Second versus first coming. Now, again, I would think, I bet you some of the passages David Jeremiah uses to arrive at supposed said statistic 
would be, once again, those passages have nothing to do with the second coming. They have to do with 70 AD and the destruction of the temple. I guarantee you, I guarantee, I, so I, there's no way it's eight to one. There's just no way. Eight references to every one reference, eight references of the second coming to every one reference for the first coming. I, I just, I don't believe that that's accurate. I don't believe, maybe it's five to one. Maybe it's six to one. Maybe it's four to one, but there's no way it's eight to one. I just, I just, I, I question that until I can see the statistics, all right? Until they're in my hands, all right? I'm going to question it, but that's okay. It's out there. Now, something interesting here. First of all, it is awesome that even someone who is conspiratorial and as crazy as Alex Jones can be, even he's like, hey, don't set a date for the second coming because it makes us look bad and it hurts the church. Don't do that. But there is also something Alex Jones said there and just passing that you may not even have caught and you may not even register in your mind. Now, my whole premise for doing this is because I'm trying to tell you there's millions of people out there who, when they when they want to start questioning or thinking about the Bible, doctrine, theology, eschatology, they're not looking to the church. They're done with the church. They're done with the institution of the church. They don't care about your degrees. They don't care about your building. They don't care about your programs. They don't care about your activities. They're done with the whole thing but they're not necessarily done with Jesus or the Bible. So they're looking elsewhere and they're going to live because they stumble upon stuff in any dark corner of the internet. So all of a sudden here's an apologetics program with Alex Jones. This is where they're going to find themselves. But listen to what Alex Jones said there. Hey, I'm not some holier than thou. I'm not on some high horse. I'm not some preacher. I, I, he talked about being hungover. He has his own issues and he, and he, he begins to criticize the church. The church preaches a watered down message. The church comes across maybe as holier than thou. The, the implication is, hey, a lot of people are done with the church, but they may be much more willing to listen to someone who's like, yeah, I get drunk. Yeah, I'm hungover. Yeah, I'm not holier than thou. Yeah, I've got my own problems. Hey, but let's talk about the Bible and eschatology. Now, you, some of you would be like offended by that and go, no way. I want nothing to do with that. But there's others who are like, I'm so sick of the church. It's holier than thou attitude, thinking they're so good. And time and time again, it's found out that they're no better than anybody else. Look, for, for whether good or bad, whether good or bad, many people are done with the church. And that this is the kind of stuff that they will turn to. So we need to know that it's out there. Now, right now, they've not given us anything specific to work on, but they're trying to just lay the foundation. So we're going to we're going to just see where we're where we can go. Alex Jones story. He, he I mean, he grew up in Texas. Right. So I know I know what it is like to grow up in Texas. Church, Jesus, the Bible, God, you know, the second coming, the mark of the beast, the rapture. It's almost like those things are implanted in you at birth, right? It's like, you know, hey, you know, this is what you, you, you grew up in Texas. Here's what you know. Remember the Alamo. All the other states don't matter. American history is irrelevant. Only Texas history. Oh, and don't take the mark of the beast. The rapture is coming and Jesus died for you. That, that, that's basically what it is to grow. Oh, and, and depending on where you grow up in Texas, you know, you may be told you're not allowed to dance because, you know, that's of the devil. Okay. That, that's a, that's a whole different story, right? Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, growing up in certain small areas of West Texas, 
Christianity it was just kind of like, it's there. Whether you understood it, it's just the Bible, Jesus, second coming, mark of the beast. Those are things you just... Well, yeah, it's almost like they just became a part of you. You didn't even really question it. It just was there. So Alex Jones was around that because he grew up around it and obviously had family. He went to, he, he doesn't specify the kind of church, some kind of a large evangelical church. And it looks like his family did Bible studies and he was around it, not necessarily paying a lot of attention to it. All right. So we're getting at least some of his theological background per se. Fulfilling it and saying the future's not human, you will merge the machines, you will submit to all our social credit scores, our ESGs, you'll be tracked in live time. Uh, the, the Bible says everyone worldwide will see the image of the beast talking to them at once, they'll worship it, and that's television, holograms. Right. I mean, it's, it's like there's no way John on the Isle of Patmos 2,000 years ago just made this up. No. There's no way Daniel just made it up or Ezekiel, and, and it's just all congruent, proving itself, proving itself, proving itself. And so if someone doesn't have the Holy Spirit of discernment, they read as much of gibberish. But once right. you actually are, plus we're living in the time. You said something so important that I'll shut up for a minute, Gerald, and that is in, in, the, in, in the 70s and 80s, I mean, there I was not just going to our church, but I would also go with my friends to their church. And, and it was like like there were all these movies and films and people right. were, were really awake. There's going to be a one world government, and the beast system in Brussels and a beast computer. It was Actually, everywhere. It, it was everywhere. And then once the 90s and the 2000s and once it all started coming true, the preachers went, whoa, because it's one thing to say the Bible says it's coming. And then it's kind of like science fiction and really interesting. But now a lot of the preachers are like, whoa, I'm not going to scare the hell out of people, which is actually we should be celebrating and going, my gosh, our God is real. Right. This is a warning. God gave us free will, but God also gave us a cheat sheet. Yeah. And, and so like, hey, kids, I want Okay, there's his uh, Pelagianism, semi-Pelagianism, uh, the idea that man has completely, you know, probably libertarian free will. Obviously, you can see, you can see the theological influence upon Alex Jones. You can see what it was. It was the typical kind of evangelicalism that I know of here in Texas. I mean, look, I, me and Alex Jones, we don't live that far apart, just a couple of hours apart. Uh, he's down in the Austin area. I'm here in the Abilene, Texas area. We're not super far apart from that area. So he, where he grew up, where I grew up, there, there's a lot of similarities. Now, when he grew up, Austin wasn't what it is now. You know, keep Austin weird. And, uh, you know, everyone from California moved to Austin. And, you know, Austin is much more the liberal capital of, of, of Texas. But back when he was growing up, it would have been still very much, you know, like the Texas that I grew up in. Maybe he was closer to a larger city. I wasn't. I was, you know, Buffalo Gap, Texas. But there's some similarities to what he's talking about, what he's talking about. But you can hear. But, so and I know the theology he was around It's your typical free will, semi-Pelagian, Pelagian, Arminian kind of and clearly d dispensational obviously was was a part of it the the reading some of these passages in revelation others in a very literal way and clearly you can tell this greatly influenced him now in his mind as he took off on his path to expose quote, what he refers to as the new world order and kind of went down his path of conspiratorial world of exploring conspiracies and talking about these conspiracies. And he started on, you know, access television and, and Austin. And then the next thing you know, he created this, you know, 
basically internet media empire and started bringing in millions and millions of dollars a year before everything, you know, now he's been sued for a billion dollars and everything that's happened. But um, you can see where the two worlds started kind of to merge, right? He's looking to all this conspiratorial stuff. And then he has this kind of, this idea of eschatology and the Bible. Well, then he kind of merges the two together because then he can look at what's going on supposedly in the world and he can argue for almost an authoritative interpretation because, well, the Bible, the Bible. So he'll throw in the, if you've listened to Alex Jones as long as I've listened to him, which I mean, well over 20 years, I've been listening to him forever. Not that I, because I disagree with everything he says and uh, has been very upset with the conspiracies that he has promoted. But just because I saw how he was influencing some who are in the Christian world, I I would, I would, I keep up with it. So, but you can see what he would do. If you're over here with all this conspiratorial stuff, if you can throw out the Bible, if you can throw out something about eschatology, then you can, you give yourself an authoritative justification for your understanding. You can say, well, see that this is in the Bible. This is in the Bible. And so as long as you can say this is in the Bible, well, then in the Christian mind, well, Alex has to be right because it's in the Bible. So if you can try to show some of his conspiratorial ideas are in the Bible, well, then guess what? He now has quote unquote, spiritual, biblical, religious authority to make the claims that some, that he sometimes make. Now, whether the Bible actually supports his claims, that's a whole different story, but it's, it's effective enough to convince some. Ooh, because I, I remember receiving emails when I would criticize Alex Jones. You just don't have the Holy Spirit. You just don't see. Alex Jones has the Holy Spirit. Alex Jones sees the truth. And I'd be like, oh man. No, he's just you. He's, but you can see how he can merge the two worlds together. You, you should be able to see that. All right, let's continue. You to pass the test here. Kind of here's the. So if you pay attention, you will. And so this is a big deal. And this it's is 100% huge. real. And then I think about the experiences I had in Dallas, particularly, and then coming to Austin and then being around Hollywood. Which never tried to be in, but it wanted me to be in it. Yeah. And it, it and it was Satanism, Luciferianism, sex parties, the whole nine yards. I never got into rituals, but I was picked up by chicks repeatedly trying to recruit me into things in Dallas and a decade later in Hollywood. Austin's more new agey, not a lot of that here. Uh, <laughs> but but that's almost more a more creepy form of it. Yeah. So so I've really, you know, I, I never fell away and said I denounce God and God is a real, I'm an atheist. But I mean, I was in points in my life where I wasn't taking drugs really, but I was drinking and a lot of women and, yeah. you know, and, and, and on a power trip and really prideful about how, you know, I was, and, and I'd say I, I got, I'd say I was kind of corrupt, let's say maybe 14 to about 20. Uh, and, and, and then I kind of rediscovered God and then the Holy Spirit much more stronger than when I was saved when I was about 10. And, and then literally God started talking to me and showing me things and like, and I would have dreams that came true and all these things. And I just, now. Okay. Now God started talking to him. Now we have extra biblical revelation. Now, see, you would think that biblically minded Christians 
forget everything Alex Jones has been into. Forget some of his behavior. Just forget any of that. Because the one thing Alex Jones never claims to be is holier than thou. He does. He, he acknowledges all of his, his failures. And I think in some ways that's what makes, I think that he knows that makes him in some ways more attractive because many people are done with the institution of the church. They believe the church, everyone acts holier than thou. They're not real. Alex Jones is extremely real. He wears his emotions on his street, on his sleeve. And so people are drawn to that. And again, what I'm trying to demonstrate to you, it's not even about Alex Jones, is that whether you like it or not, we live in 2023, people are not looking to the church. They're done with it. They're looking all over the internet for information about eschatology or the Bible, and they're finding stuff like this. They're finding stuff like this, but just now. So we clearly, we can see his theological background, right? Clearly, semi-Pelagian at best, full-blown Pelagian at worst, right? Um, and it wouldn't be thought out. It wouldn't be thought out Pelagianism. It wouldn't be like, you know, the actual, what, 18 points of Pelagianism? I think I covered 18 points. Maybe it was 13 points of Pelagianism. We've covered all of that in great detail. Clearly, it's an Arminian kind of background. So we know he's definitely not in the Reformed world of soteriology. We got that. Clearly, we see a little bit of the influence of certain elements of dispensationalism. There's no way to get around that. Clearly, a much more literal interpretation of certain uh, prophetic passages. Clearly, I guarantee you what you see with Alex Jones, most likely with the host of this program, is taking passages that are specifically for 70 AD and the destruction of the temple, ignoring the destruction of the temple and applying them to the second coming, which which Christians do all the time. That's a an, uh, an emergency, a tsunami warning. I don't know where that's at. Okay. So there's a tsunami warning just dropped. I don't know where that is. That scared me to death. Okay. So you can see clearly some of the, the-, the theology that Alex Jones is influenced by. And then all of a sudden, God started talking to him. God started talking to him. Now, that is very critical because in a world where he's on the air day in, day out, making claims after radical claims, after radical claims, after radical claims about whatever conspiracy, many times he will act as if he knows this because God told him. And I've said it so many times, whenever people find a religious or spiritual authority to use to defend their claims, people will run to that. Because how do you argue when someone said, well, God told me that? Now, of course, I reject any, any of that. God speaks to us through scripture alone. Because the minute you start claiming God talked to you, then the Bible is not the final authority, no matter how many times you try to claim that it is. And so what we, we see, when we're really not getting into eschatology, but we are really getting into kind of the theological part that makes Alex Jones what Alex Jones was and has been through all of these years. Now he's, you know, clearly on the decline because he's been sued for a billion dollars and deplatformed by everyone on earth, but he's still out there and, you know, and people are still listening to it. But even forget, just remove the name Alex Jones. If it's not Alex, there's still these dark corners of the internet with people like Alex, where people are gathering their, their spiritual information. And you may think, no, no, they're coming to my church website. 
Now, you got to get your information out there. I, I cannot stress that enough. Let, let's see how this they wrap up this first hour. I get stronger and stronger and stronger to where you, and you talk about spiritual warfare. We'll get into it at this point. That's all we I mean, that is you have Christ. You have Jesus. You have a faith in that. Yeah. You are protected. But then the devil comes after people that you love who aren't in God. That's why you've got to get them into the Holy Spirit or the devil's going to chew up your family in front of you. So that's what people yeah. better understand. This is more important than guns in your gun cabinet or storable food or water right, is exactly. getting your heart and soul ready. Because believe me, folks. Without God, you won't be able to withstand Satan. This is going to be hardcore. No flesh will be spared if God doesn't intervene. Right. And and I want to bring something back up that you said, and I'll get to that in just a second. What you just said, no flesh will be spared unless God intervenes. There's some great quotes for us that, that really help us in Scripture that say that unless the, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman watches in vain. Like, it doesn't matter. You can be as prepared as you want to be, but if God is not watching over the city, it really doesn't matter. Right? It's It's a bigger picture than this. But... Churches did get away from this, and I think maybe because they started seeing people kind of practice this escapism, right? So instead of focusing on being productive here and now, right, what am I supposed to do today? What am I supposed to do in the next five years of my life if, by chance, the Lord allows me to have those? They started looking kind of into the future, and they were so heavenly-minded that they were no earthly good is what my pastors would say every once in a while. But churches got away from preaching about Revelation and Daniel and some other topics that are very, very interesting and very important topics because it basically gives you the opportunity to point at scripture and go, God called that, right? In Ezekiel, when it talks about the dry bones and the nation of Israel coming back, like that's a that's something that has to happen for the rapture to happen, for the tribulation to happen. It talks about them having a temple and, and having sacrifices and then having the abomination that causes desolation set up. Well, if Israel isn't a country, if Israel doesn't have the land, there is no temple, right? There is no temple right now, but it's impossible unless they're there. Well, until 1948, that was impossible. Until modern television was invented, it was impossible for us to all watch the two witnesses at the Wailing Wall. And it says that when those guys are killed because they've tormented people for this period of time, just by speaking the truth and withholding rain to basically say, guys, you have to listen. Let me get your attention. No rain. Let me get your attention. Listen to God loves you. He wants to save you. They rejoice. And the entire world watches them die. And then they exchange gifts like it's Christmas and then they're brought back to life, and it freaks everybody out, obviously. If somebody was brought back to life after three days laying on the ground and we've been celebrating their death, it'd be a little weird. I'd kind of get freaked out, too. I get it. I understand. But none of that technologically was even possible. And so when churches don't get into this, I think they're doing a bit of a disservice to their congregations because it, it's almost – think about what we have now with kind of the cancel culture, right? We're obviously both very familiar with how that works in our society. You create a vacuum. You start to create a vacuum where people go, okay, well, you're not talking about this, so I'm going to go listen to 15 or 16 or 20 other people over here talking about it, and I may not be grabbing good information, right? So when you start canceling people in our industry, you start pushing them off into the fringes, you can't easily point out the people who are absolutely out of their minds and go, you know what, don't listen to that guy. He's never been right before. The, 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 the end of the world has never come. He's predicted it 17 times. And people go, yeah, you're right. I can see that. I can see that this person's not correct and not a reliable person to judge uh, or, or to listen to, to kind of judge whether the world is actually coming to an end or not. And it actually does a disservice to people. So I think the church has done a bad job with that. Let me, let me just lay a little bit of. All right. So once again, they criticize the church. 
the church has done a bad job. Now, it's a little bit humorous that are like, hey, you, you know, if you're not careful, if you get like because Alex Jones has been deplatformed, some people are going to go out there and find some really crazy stuff. It's just funny that. Like Alex, Alex Jones is more the normal one. There, there's some people out there that's even, cra- that's crazy. I, I find that humorous. But once again, there's a little bit of the criticism of the church. Hey, the church isn't doing it. So guess what? People, they're going to go find it somewhere else. They're going to go find it somewhere else. They're, look, this entire episode really is turning into what I've been, what I've been keep trying to say and I keep repeating it. Whether we like it or not, it's 2023. People are done with the institutionalized church. They're going to go out there and they're going to go looking. They're going to go looking because they're still interested in spiritual things. They still have questions. They, they still, and, but they're going to go looking out there. They're not coming to your church. And in many cases, if, and this is so true, churches have to catch on to this. If you won't address the hard questions, if you won't deal with the difficult issues, if you won't talk about it and deal with it and acknowledge it and struggle with it, people are going to go find it somewhere else because there's a million programs available. You're no longer needed from a human perspective. You're not going to talk about it. Great. On my drive home from church, I can listen to five podcasts, five messages about what you didn't deal with. Now, the the, the older generation will be still the church, but the younger generation is going to be like, you won't deal with it. I'll go find someone else who will. I mean, I, that's something we have to, to talk about. So in a roundabout way, they're not really getting us to eschatology. Now, he talked a little bit about the Valley of Dry Bones and Ezekiel. We've talked about that in our study of Jeremiah and how I do believe that's a reference to the restoration of the nation of Israel. And I don't believe that I don't believe that was fulfilled and them coming, uh, Judah coming out of Babylonian captivity. I believe that has to be fulfilled. I don't even think it was fulfilled even where close in 1948. I think it's, it's got to have to have a future implication. So I would be in agreement with this. I would be in agreement with a lot of what he's saying um, here. So it, it's, I, I don't know. We'll just, let's just let this play out. Groundwork here. It's important that you understand this. It is not important that you debate this to the death with other believers. People tend to get into these things and go, you know what? I am a new King James Bible person or a King James Bible person, and there are no other translations that absolutely are the word of God, and you're a heretic and you're going to hell if you read the NIV, right? They tend to kind of draw these lines where we shouldn't. We God judges the heart. Not, and Christ always about the Pharisees up there praying in public. He said, no, you need to pray in private. It's about you and God. And I just want to be clear with people. This isn't about even the messengers here. The devil is 100% real. The operating system of the, of the New World Order, the UN, is Luciferianism. They've got a Lucius Lucifer Trust that runs the prayer chapel at, at, in, in New York. At the UN, I've had these people try to recruit me. And some of it wasn't just in high school or then later when I was in Hollywood. Some it, it, It's happened since then where very well-known household names said, hey, we want you to go to this event in Reykjavik or this event in Switzerland, and, and, and it's new AG, but we're, Lucifer's not really bad. We're going to call in Lucifer to fix the problems. So, I mean, I, I start thinking about how much of this we, Bohemian Grove, I sneak in there, I hear there's this ritual, they're doing a ritual to the devil to do, under all these Canaanite names, it's like Ghostbusters or something, but for real, and I look over and the old men are, 
are are more intense than when I was in Holy Roller churches. Yeah. You know, because Holy Roller churches, great people are like, oh, we love you, Lord. These people are like, ah. I mean, this is real. All I'm telling people is, I don't know if yeah. you've experienced stuff like this, but I'm telling you, if you've seen the stuff I've seen, and I know God put me in those places to see that, yeah. so I can now witness this to people, you would know that God is real. And I just keep hammering that. And, and I, But what you said is critical. There's a mix. The whole rapture thing, okay, there's all this scary stuff coming, and the Bible's being fulfilled so far, because people could see it starting to be fulfilled in the 70s and 80s, technology, so people go, oh my gosh, this really is happening, and then people go, oh, but we're going to be raptured, so let's just go to sleep and stop looking at it. Your withdrawal has been denied by the U.S. government. Okay, I think I think they're about done. We'll find out. We'll we'll do next time because we're already over an hour. The next time we'll listen to their hour too. Now you can go find us if you can find the Alex Jones podcast uh, on your podcast app. You can go to the Sunday program and this and we just we just reviewed the second half of hour one. Hour two is available if you can find it. If you cannot find the Alex Jones podcast and you want to listen to hour two before I review it, whenever we review it, um, let me know. I'll try to finish reviewing it maybe today. Um, still, we, we, we haven't gotten a lot of eschatology. We've got a little bit of Alex Jones background, but we will see if they if they have any more here. I don't think they have any more here. I could be wrong. I, I don't. I don't think there's any more here. I'm just gonna make sure. That's the end. All right. That's the end. Okay. So I thought. I thought so. So there you have it. Again, why are we doing this? Because whether we like it or not, the people in the world, many, many, even people claiming to be Christians, they're not looking to the institutionalized church. They're not looking to the church. They are looking to something else. And they're searching the far corners of the internet, the dark corners of the internet. And they're looking for many cases, spiritual answers. And they will listen to a program where Alex Jones is talking eschatology on some program. They will. They will. And you say, well, that's crazy. It may be crazy to you. We've got to know what's going on there. Now there, we have we didn't get a lot to work with, right? Because the, the host seemed like he was going one direction. Alex Jones is going another direction. Uh, Alex Jones is talking more about him than he is eschatology. Even when he's talking about eschatology, he's still talking about him and how the New World Order is trying to recruit him. It's him, 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 him. Okay, that's typical Alex. So we're, we're not surprised, but maybe... And that next hour, the host can get Alex under control and that they can really dive into eschatology and we can find out exactly what they're saying or claiming or promoting. All right. There you have it. Okay. And someone made a joke. I, I did get a tsunami warning. I don't know where it's at. I don't know for what, for what country I didn't read it. Someone said a tsunami in the middle of Texas. We're all doomed. Okay. Now it's not, it wasn't a tsunami for Texas. I don't know. I have, I have, emergency warnings and I, 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 my iPad is a never ending one notification after another for weather, news, you name it, a podcast. It's like, it, it spans all day. Notification, 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 notification. There's probably a notification every, probably close to every five to 10 seconds. And you think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not because I, I just love the idea that technology allows me to keep up with everything. Everything. I want to know everything. So, um, yeah, that's that's what was that sound? I wish I wish we'd have gotten into more eschatology, but hey, 
we, we got a we got a little bit in, but I, I just hopefully I, I got my point acl- across without. I'm not going to repeat it again, but I hopefully you benefited from it. So we will we will get our two ready, and then um, some point today we'll just go ahead and knock it out. We'll just get it. We'll knock it out, and uh, we got to do some more long gospel today, and uh, yeah, there's there's a million other things we need to do. We uh, we we need to get to the audio of Mark Driscoll losing his mind and going off on seminary trained uh, pastors. Yeah, he, I guess he, Mark Driscoll does not like seminary trained pastors, I guess. All right. So we got to find that audio clip that I guess, I don't know if it's gone viral, but it's definitely out there. So we got a lot of things to get to. We'll see what we can and we'll do that as soon as I am able to do another broadcast. So thank you for tuning in. Email me newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great day. God bless.